Yeah, that, you know, this I think is the key question, and it's something I've been turning over in my mind. Uh, how do you get uh, the black primary voters on board with, you know, social democratic, democratic socialist, you know, those type of candidates? Because, you know, nominally in opinion polls, like black voters are like the most left wing ones in the country. They support much more social oriented, you know, interdependence policy, um, you know, obviously because they're they're like the, the poorest people. They are the ones most reliant on government, you know, programs uh, that, you know, for the poor. Of course, everyone's reliant on government programs, but, you know, stuff like Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, you know, those disproportionately benefit black folks. And yet, you know, they've been sort of leveraged into this position of dependency with the sort of largely white democratic establishment, um, you know, for fear of, you know, losing to Republicans or whatever. But one, one interesting point of discussion is, is that, you know, it's just a fact that black politics, especially in the South are like very hierarchical, you know, it, it tends to be about like patronage networks. And from what I can tell, that's a big part of why Jim Clyburn is so powerful in the state of South Carolina, because, you know, he's one of the few people who has access to, you know, jobs and influence and so on. And, you know, his community rightly takes that very seriously and views views him as like a credible, you know, sort of leader to to, you know, sort of like dictate, you know, who what the you know national politics should be about. And one place where the left might start trying to think is uh, making some inroads into those patronage networks, because, you know, I my sense is from reading around a bit that that the 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 black political structure is is not terribly ideological. You know, Clyburn's Clyburn's not a dyed in the wool neoliberal and neither is like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Lewis, um, even though he's, he's, he's probably on his last legs, uh, you know, it, it, it's more about trying to just like access the political system. And so if, if you can try to start, you know, making some inroads into those patronage networks, into those, uh, you know, uh, in addition to, you know, building relationships with those elites such as they exist, I think you could start maybe making some uh, difference, you know, because the thing about Bernie, Bernie seems kind of hypnotized by the grassroots model, you know, the the idea that, well, we just need to go into the communities and try to convince people individually. And I think that's... Uh, yeah, and he's, he's probably really against quid pro quo politics as well. Right? Yep. Yeah, it's it smacks of corruption because it kind of is corruption, but it it's, is, a, it is. it's yeah, more like yeah. the Tammany Hall type of corruption, you know, where like... Vote Democrat right, right. and you get a job for your cousin, you know, who could, you know, Irish immigrant who can well, be a, a policeman or something. And look, look, I, and this is part of the trick of what you're what you're suggesting. There's a difference from doing a kind of politics where you entrench like a systemic type of nepotism that like continually corrupts like who gets what and who decides what versus Bernie in this election going up to Clyburn and saying, look, you know, I really need your endorsement. How would you like to be involved with my administration? And and like a one time taking advantage of a moment to, uh, to you know, but what you're suggesting is to have continual influence with uh, 
and, and I should just say that black Americans are not a monolithic group, no, no. right? Like, like you said, we're talking about the South. We're talking about in South Carolina, a very red state that's demographic, demographically older because young uh, black Americans, even in that red state, still favored uh, Bernie Sanders without him doing any of that. But, but like, you know, making inroads to um, – these patronage networks, which existed for good reason because yes. the conservative hierarchical nature protected and buffeted these marginalized people from the harms of the system that didn't otherwise care about them, right? Or, or actively sought to harm them. And so, like, there are all these good reasons, and it's complex, right? Yeah, it's uh, so, it's so, not so, just that, Demo- like, black Democrats in the South are just knee-jerk partisans, you know? They're, they're in a hell of a fix, you know, if you're a black person in the South, right. you've got like, you know, on average, like the worst uh, life of, of any group. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it totally makes sense that, p- that people would sort of cluster into these self-protective formations to try to just like, you know, ke- uh, keep from drowning against, you know, the tide of increasing white supremacy, you know. And, and I mean, right. a lot of these folks, I'm sure, personally remember Jim Crow and how bad it can get. Um, and so, you yes. know, just just keeping some kind of line <laughs> into national politics to protect like basic, you know, income streams and civil rights and so on. Yeah. You, I mean, of course, anyone. Did, would did you that. see Lester Spence? Lester, Professor Lester Spence had a great newsletter recently where he's like, you know, all, all you white people who are, you know, afraid to do a harm reduction vote for Biden. Black folk have been doing harm reduction votes every time for like forever. Okay. So, you know, but there are also black Americans who are radical and have eschewed electoralism precisely on the principle that they, they're all corrupt and they don't want to be involved with that kind of uh, system. So, so it's complex, but we need to think through how the left should approach uh, this important issue. And, and, and it's not an easy thing because you do have to navigate principle as against corruption and, and you do need to make inroads. Like you said, not just, from like hoping moving into a community and opening a local office will do it right yeah and i think you know the the way that fdr thought about it and the and um you know the way that uh lyndon johnson to a lesser extent thought about it is that you know it's a kind of corruption is a kind of a blurry uh idea you know you, you have you have i would say on the one hand you know like the political leader who just stuffs money into his own pockets like uh, Donald Trump. And then in the middle, you maybe you have a political leader who serves as a sort of a, a patronage baron, you know, like a person who says, all right, you know, I, I'm giving out jobs to my my favorite, my favorite constituencies and so on. And I'm just sort of like, a, I, I hand out favors. But then on the on the far side of that same t- kind of logic is a welfare state where you vote for a party that gives you systematically defined uh, benefits in terms of, you know, jobs, uh, you know, health care, um, you know, uh, pensions, uh, child allowance, all that kind of stuff. And that is not that is like fundamentally similar to the type of thing where you're voting for boss Tweed because he'll get you a job. You know, it's just it's made the the personal corruption aspect of it to where it's just about relationships rather than like definitional categories that are extended to everyone, who, even the people who didn't vote for for you. Um, and so I would say you're you're trying to sort of like usher the from from sort of the second stage to the third stage, you know, to say like insofar as we can activate these kind of quasi machines on behalf of a universalist program that is even better than, you know, getting your your cousin a job, um, 
then you know that ought to be the 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 objective because you know bernie tried the grassroots thing for four years he's been down in the south over and over again talking to people trying to build relationships and it was in fact very good at uh you know raising his favorable favorability numbers um when you know like his favorable his favorables among black people are the highest of any demographic group or they're up there with hispanics <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but uh you know yeah. you I see mean, when it there has to be that when it comes to ahead, uh yeah. when it com- when push comes to shove and it's the you know the the sort of elites saying one thing and bernie saying the other you know the 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 weight of opinion goes with you know the 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 trusted elites and that's just how it is that's the end of the preview folks if you want to hear the whole episode you can go to patreon.com/leftanchor thanks for listening